All right, guys, welcome to today's episode of the Yacht Yacht Show. We are on the road down here to Philadelphia, Mississippi. I come down and see my, my preacher, buddy, hunting uh, companion. He's been a fan and a friend for a long time. We're down here at the Sanctuary Church. I'm with Mr. Adrian Holly. But before we get started, we want to remind people that we'd like to thank Barnes Crossing of New Albany Chevrolet for keeping me on the road to keep doing and traveling and doing what I do, hauling pigs or doing shows. So now, let's get into it. Mr. Adrian Holly, it's nice for you to have me in your your home, your church, uh, your office and whatnot. Uh, I contacted you, want to know if you want to be on the podcast, and uh, you, you were, I guess, excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. First of all, it's an honor to even be asked uh, and it's an honor to have you here, and I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting into right wherever you want to take us today. Well, I told you, friend. I said I don't know where we're going to go. I just want to be real. I just want to. I was out on the Beaver Line, and, and I was doing some things, and I was kind of I don't say going through some things, but I was dealing with some stuff, and I'm like, dude, I was like, you know, I just want you to know, I respect you as a as a preacher, as a friend, uh, more than you probably even know. You you've when I started this y'all, y'all, you know, it was on the social media end of things and, and people was giving me a uh, mess about it from, from the beginning, you know, and I just always remember you kind of chiming in there, you know, and in a funny way of, uh, you know, taking up for me or just being like, you know, it's just silly camaraderie. And, and, uh, I just always been there. I've been to your church, uh, sure, sure. uh once or twice. And, uh, so like I said, you're, you're the preacher here at the sanctuary, in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Yes, sir. And uh, you also have a podcast. What's the name of that podcast? I do. Uh, it's called the. We call it the Godfilter.com. And and before you make any assumptions on what that might mean, uh, you put the word filter in it. People can kind of get funny, right? Right. With that. Oh yeah. But uh, it's the Godfilter. Me and my uh, me and my two brothers in arms, as we call each other, uh, Robert Pullen and, and Scott Walker. Um, it's a fascinating look at scripture. Right, and uh, we're we're only about four or five months old. I think we've done thirteen episodes already, but it's a it's a fascinating ride. You'll hear some things you've never heard before, right? But you will not hear anything that you cannot open your Bible up right. and read it yourself. So it's a it's a great source of information. That's uh, right. That's it's right. it's a great source of trying to get a message out of something that uh, the Lord revealed to me in scripture, in word, not, not some new thing or new theology right. in, in the words of scripture. And, uh, it's been a wild, wild ride, um, in more ways than I can probably sit here and explain. That's but, right. Uh, That's right. It is the God filter. Uh, it's on Spotify, Apple podcasts, just, Search yeah. the God filter, it'll pull right up. That's awesome. That's awesome. And like I said, and that's one of the reasons that, now guys, I know that some of y'all probably come to the Yacht Yacht show and getting ready to listen to funny stories and tales and all that. And we do have that. So don't let the fact that the preacher's here thinking that that you got to run away from it. Because a lot of times when people, oh, well, I didn't come here for the Jesus today, you know, I, but we're here because I respect you so much. And then anything that I have going on in life, I feel like that you would tell me the straight answer. You are the father figure in general of, of whoever you're dealing with. You don't, you know, the biggest thing that I run into with the social media world is I get a lot of hate, but I, too many people agree with what I might have to say. And sometimes I don't think I need to be agreed with. So I don't know if I'm here with things that I go out of, what I have going on in life and we'll get through it and stuff like that. I want you to know I'm here. 
I'm here to be scalded or praised. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about scalded, but you know, one, you know, you, you mentioned about you had the preacher on, and and let's be let's be clear uh, about that. I, I might. And I always say it's kind of proverbial because I don't wear suits anymore, but I always say I, I wear that suit on Sunday, but I, I still got that Mississippi mud between my toes. Right, that's right. Does that make sense? That's it, that's it. I, I still enjoy uh, I still enjoy the great outdoors just like everybody else does. Right. And my time of year, my time of year is just about here. It's, it's almost here, it's turkey and season. So I think um, in, in to, to combine in our conversation today with what you do and what I do, and for those two worlds to meet, I think it's proper. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I, I don't know where we're going. You didn't give me a script, but <laughs> wherever we go, I think we can perhaps shed some light yeah. on some darkness in some areas. Not, I'm, I'm talking about people that are listening. That's right. And so that's that's why we prayed before we started. Let's take it. us wherever you want us to take us. Let's talk about trapping. Let's talk yeah. about turkey hunting. Let's talk about some deer hunting. But yeah. by all means... Uh, let's talk about some things that perhaps will heal people's lives, marriages, That's right. homes, relationships. And, uh, and I get that a lot. I, I spoke last night. I went up. They had a so I do a lot of speakings. And I and I want to throw this out there before we get started. Uh, you you've had some dinners here before, and you've tried to maybe get me on on board to come speak at your church with y'all's. I don't know. Did y'all do the we wild? Had, we had one. It, it was on. It was early on. That was before you. I really got busy and 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 entered into the arena you're in now, and we were going to do one and have you come speak, and then something happened and yeah. it fell through, and we haven't we haven't done one yeah, since. So I, I didn't I didn't ignore you. Yeah, we just well, never rescheduled. Well, it. I tell you, I was more nervous about that than any other speaking. Now I go all over to North Carolina, like all over the South. I go now, and and and. People pay me to come speak and, and entertain, you know, and I give the testimony part of it. When, when we had talked about it, like I said, I wasn't even at the level I'm at now. Right. But uh, as far as going and speaking and, and going places and talking about what I talk about. And I just remember when you when we talked about it, I was like, dude, I'm so nervous <laughs> because I know how you speak. I know how well you are in the Lord. And I almost felt like. I don't want to say I'm not worthy, but it was just like, dude, what if I'm not good enough for Adrian Holly? What if, <laughs> mm. you know, a, a testimony, a person's testimony though stands alone, right? And it never should stack up to anyone else's ability. It's yours, right? It's also yours to tell it with the personality that you were given, right? Uh, the road that you walked, the giftings that you have, and would that look different than mine if we stood side by side and, and spoke to a place together, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to sound a lot speaking styles different on this podcast. Right, but how how effective would we be if we all sounded identical to one another? That's right, and yeah. I, and I believe in the outdoor industry. And I hate to keep bringing it up because I, I well, you're it, in the outdoor industry. It, yeah, though. I know, and I used to say I'm not, you know. But when I started selling turkey calls, I'm like, well, I am, yeah, <laughs> you, you know. Are. <laughs> but so I was just kind of the outside funny guy, and it's crazy how. Uh, you know, I speak at these speaking. I did a speaking last night for the Water and Soil Conservation in Montgomery County, and they asked me to come. And I didn't know because the last time I had been to one of those events where I really wasn't speaking, I was just asked to come. They had a, like a hog trapper there with the USDA. They're talking about hog trapping. I'm thinking, okay, water and soil conservation, and they're going through this. And I'm just there as a kind of like a guest. I mean, I didn't have to buy a ticket, but I'm just there. And all of a sudden, they're like, hey, y'all, y'all's here. Hey, you want to come up and say something? And I'm like, <laughs> 
what do they want me to talk about? Because I don't have a problem talking. I don't have a problem talking about anything. Sometimes I just feel like where I'm at. So if I go to a church to do a wild game dinner, I know I can talk about Jesus. I know that's what they're expecting, some type of testimony. When I was there, I'm like, well, do I finish up with the hog trapping? Because that's basically what I'm known for now. And Did you know, though, that you can talk about Jesus at soil con- conservation dinners as well? <laughs> I did that you night. Did. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know, but that's, it's, it's, it's like it gets you, like, I, I'll go to speak and I can't help but preach. Sure. And, it's, and I don't want to be the... I don't want to sound like the preacher because I am the head knocker. Like, and we'll get into that here. Yeah, let's get we'll get into we'll it. get into that. But the scripture says, David, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, yeah. which means what is in your heart. Right. You can tell. You can tell what a, you can tell what's in a person's heart. Right. By just sitting and listening to them talk, because they're going to talk about what they love. That's it. That's and it. If the first thing that comes to your mind yeah. when you get put on the spot to speak is Jesus. Yeah. A, in my book. Right. In the book, right. That's a pretty good indication of where that person stands, right. And and, and I try and I feel so bad because I know a lot of times we try to, uh, like I can be a person like I call it a head knocker. You know, when mm-hmm. when people come at me with aggression, people hate that term too, don't they? They, <laughs> they man, what are we talking about? They hate that term. I'm like, I'm like, listen here, guys. I'm a head knocker, but I still, don't, like I said, I know what my heart is. It's just hard when you're attacked by so many people. Like sure. I'm, and, and and a lot of people say, just let it go. And you 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 have to. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not rich enough to let it go. I'm like, I'm still from the trailer hood. I'm like, man, we'll throw down right now. <laughs> I, I have you have walked into this office and you have sung the song that I am dealing with right now personally really? with a thing the right. same the same exact thing, and you know when you when you battle in public arenas, you have to deal with the public. Yes, and it's, um, it's it comes along with the territory, mm-hmm. uh, and we have great guidance on how to handle it, and sometimes you have to you have to walk off from it. Oh, Sometimes wow. some things need to be addressed. Right. And the wisdom is not getting those two things confused. Right. Sometimes there's a time to walk off. Right. And remain silent. Sometimes there's a time that you have to you have to deal with some of those things head on and and to not get those two things times confused right. is where wisdom really comes in. Yeah. Is this worth is this a hill worth dying on or is it not? Right. And, my- and, and honestly, most hills are not worth dying on. Right. But there are some that are worth the fight. <laughs> That's right. They are worth I, the fight. I always tell people, man, my wife is so good about it. Like, she is so cool, so calm, so collective. And, uh, you know, and I'm just blessed to have her. Sure. You, you know, because I am. I haven't got to meet her yet. Yeah. She, she's she's great. And I don't, I don't guess I've, I'm still not, ag- I don't know, aggressive is not the word, but I'm like hot-headed sometimes. I'm like, and she'll be like, baby, <laughs> baby, there's no need. And just, you know, don't act this way. You know, don't be don't be going out there kicking the rocks in the driveway. It's not that. You know, it won't be nothing between me and her. It's just maybe social media world. Maybe it's something in the outdoor industry where, like, I get my feelings hurt to where, okay, so, like, YouTube did 38 million views last year just alone, not including Facebook, which is another 30-something million. And then I'll try to work with an outdoor company. And they turn me down. And I'm like, and then they'll turn over here and they'll pay somebody else I know that right. doesn't touch what I do. And it hurts my feelings. And I get mad about it. I'm like, 
why would y'all pay them and not pay me? Sure. Why would you work with them and not? And then, and then I get all mad, get my feelings hurt. And then six months later, something comes in that's way bigger than what I wanted. And I'm like, and that's where my wife comes in. Like all the wisdom is just calm down. Something better is going to come or something. It's not right for you. Those people wouldn't right for you. They didn't align with you. So that wisdom of wanting to fight sometimes of, this battle's not worth it. And you know, that's where my wife is good because we're just, you know, they say like opposites attract. Right. I mean, she's literally, she's a hospice social worker. So she's always calm. She's always caring. She, you know, she cares for every patient. She cares, cares, cares all day long. And then she got to come home to me and, you know, she's caring for me. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to be cared for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> you know? So I always, I don't want everybody to get confused with like, I always say, don't confuse my, my good, my good smile and talk of Jesus now that, you know, I don't get turned up. I just don't get, try to make it to where the world gets turned up with me or, or don't try to cause a rage or or not a riot, but, you know, just don't well, want anybody against I think, anybody. I think, you know, when you're talking, Paul dealt with it in Scripture when he, he said, you know, be angry and sin not. Mm-hmm. And anger is not a sin. Now, we've kind of been taught that Christians aren't supposed to get angry and have emotions, mm-hmm. and that's that's not true. And if we show emotions or we get angry, you know, there's always, there's always those people in the corner saying, "Oh, I, th- I thought you believed in Jesus, and yeah. why, why are you?" Um, and and they, you know, they really don't know the Jesus that is actually depicted in Scripture. Because there was a point Jesus went through the temple, turning turning tables over and right. chasing people with a whip. Right. He was defending his house. It right. was one of those hills that were worth dying on, where other times he was confronted, he would turn and walk off. Of course, he has the ultimate wisdom. Uh, being angry, uh, and a lot of people deal with anger. Anger, matter of fact, we have on the podcast a uh, a uh, an episode that uh, that deals with anger, I believe, or I preached it, one of the two. Yeah. Most of the time we record what I preach, but anger in itself is not a sin. But anger that is uncontrolled mm-hmm. will destroy everything around a person. Right. It's like um, it'll destroy relationships with spouses. It'll destroy relationship with children. Uh, it'll destroy relationships in the industry. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with being angry as long as you don't take that anger and then act on it in a way that does indeed work against Scripture. Right. But anger itself is yeah. not anger itself is not a sin. That is an emotion. It is yeah. the same as it's the opposite emotion yeah. of being sad. Right. Or happy, but it is still an emotion, right? And all of those things have to stay in check and in in their proper place, or especially anger because it'll spread like a cancer. Yeah, and th- there are people just a moment of anger they just lose themselves. There are people the court dockets in divorce courts next week mm-hmm. will be full because people had a moment of uncontrolled anger. Right, there are people sitting in penitentiaries uh, all over the country. Probably good people, ninety nine percent of the time, that had one moment of uncontrolled anger, did a crazy, reckless thing mm-hmm. that was outside of themselves. But because they could not control their anger, there yep. they sit doing a thing. And it, may- anger, anger, especially childhood anger. People deal with rehab, rehab, rehabilitation centers, drug and alcohol are full of people yep. whose root cause is not needles and what they smoke or what they drink. Right. It traces back 
to that they are angry and how their life went or what was done to them when they was a child. Right. And so the anger is not the problem. It is how the anger is dealt with, how it's managed, how it's looked at. Right. Um, and so don't ever feel bad for being angry. Right. Just make sure that that anger stays under subjection right. into the reaction to that anger that Christ expects us to have. Right. Well, I can tell you. Sorry to get preachy there. No, no, but no. It's no. A, that's, that, it's a that, dear <laughs> subject to me because I have found also that anger a lot of the time is masked as sadness. Mm-hmm. And I dealt with that in my own life for years, mm-hmm. probably up till 11 or 12 months ago, personally. Right. And right. I, I could always thought it was anger until I really looked at it. And what I found is I was sad. Yeah. And uh, we don't have to go into no, that. I know, it was, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. A lot of the time it, 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 it's, so, it's so tricky because that's the trick in the whole thing. That's the trick of the darkness. Right. Is to make us think that it's a thing that it's not. Yeah. And I, I think being by myself every day, uh, you know, I used to work for the uh, city of West Point, and of course, about that last five years, I hated that job. I hated to go. I got to where I hated. I just hated. I didn't say I hated people. I just hated dealing with everybody's. You know, if they felt like they paid taxes, they felt like they just told you what to do, and just the general public. So then, when I got to do all this by myself, now all my. Uh, anxiety, anger, any my thoughts. So <laughs> you were talking about the anger itself is not a sin. So I know this may sound uh, crazy, but I can be driving. I'm by myself all day, whether setting hog traps, doing hog traps, beaver traps, whatever, and things that bother me. I have those convers. I have those conversations with God, mm-hmm. but I'm literally going through conversations that I might have with this person if I saw them right now. Right. Because I'm angry or, or frustrated or my anxiety's up over something. And then once I kind of get it out of my system, speaking it, talking it to myself, I'm okay. But if I was to be in that predicament with somebody, I would hate to know that maybe I would have said some of those things or, you know, it's just all in your head to where my wife, you know, she can just handle it. You know, I'm just like, babe, I just got to be myself for a minute. Uh or your thoughts just kind of wander. wander. They just, yeah, they just wander, wander and I'm off. thinking, what if it went this way? And you know, but my wife's a big talker because she's, you know, she's got a degree from Mississippi State and Alabama, and basically she she doesn't call herself a psychiatrist, but she basically had to go to school to do all that because you got to know when you're dealing with hospice patients right. and, and dealing with the families, you got to be a comfort to where me, you know, she can't tell me like whatever the word is that. uh goes against the laws for her telling me anything about patients. HIPAA laws. Yeah, she can't tell me any of the stuff. But, like, I've been sitting there where she'd be on the phone, and all I can hear is her side of the conversation, but I can hear people screaming and hollering, and I'm going, why are they mad at you? That's their mama. That's yeah. their mama dying. That's right. Why are they taking it out on you? And, then, you know, but, they all, you know, sometimes you just take it out on the nicest sure. person because it's maybe you feel like that's the weakest person that wouldn't say something. Uh, and well, I we we also we live in a society now to where um, people want to hit the easiest target. Mm-hmm. That's you know, yeah. it's easy to sit behind a computer screen or oh, your phone and just say whatever you want to. You know, back in the day, and yeah. I tried to tell you, I still got that <laughs> mud between my toes, and I'm not old. I'm right. only I'm only forty five, I, but I, I am old enough to remember when right. there was not cell phones, right. And I, I remembered a multitude of things. I remembered that if you wanted to say something to somebody, you had to right. You had to go say it to them. 
That's it. And then you run the risk yep. of getting popped in the nose. Or something, something, so, you know, something happened. If you wanted to ask a girl out on a date, yeah, it you, you, wasn't, yep. wasn't a Snapchat or uh-uh. a text. You, you just, had to walk up there and you had to do it. Mm-hmm. And you had to run the risk yeah. of being told no to your face. Right. <laughs> So we were, I'm not old, but yeah. that's well, cut I mean, from I a had, little different cloth than what yeah, we got now. We didn't have it either. I probably would have uh, I probably would have got turned down a lot more if we'd have had Snapchat and uh, text well, messages back then. Because, I, you know, I we'd was. We'd have gotten a lot more trouble well, back that's true. if we had that You back definitely would have gotten more I'm glad I didn't have that when I was 18 years old. <laughs> I know it. I know it. But I could definitely see, I mean, I got, uh, you know, I didn't have about two girlfriends my whole life, so. uh I got turned down a lot in person. I probably would have got turned down a whole lot more if I could just send a text. <laughs> you, you'd have probably asked more for sure, wouldn't you? I definitely would have asked. I guess it's the it's the newest circle, yes or no. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that what. Uh, but you still had to go hand that to them. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the two girlfriends I did have, they broke up with me after people started asking me, you're, you're going out with him? <laughs> so I got the yes, and then their friends made <laughs> Oh, yeah. But... Look at you now. <laughs> Look at me now. I know. We went to struggle, you know. And oh, I'm, Toby Keith just died. He, I think he wrote a song, How Do You Like Me Now? How Do You Like Me there Now? There you go. That's what I, and I tell that a lot of times with people like, you know, you never, I'm blessed to be where I'm at now from where I've been. You know, when I do my shows, I talk about my testimony and where I was. Because when all this started, you know, I was kind of that guy with the biggest smile with the most pain, but we was basically fake it till you make it. Right. And, and and like I said, but it was bringing a lot of joy to other people, a lot of silliness, you know, and uh, and whatnot. So it, it was always kind of that fake it till you make it kind of deal. But uh, but we just had a good time with it. And now that we're trying to make a business out of it, it's, sure. it's a lot harder. I feel overwhelmed like all the time to get right. this done, to get that done. Am I am I doing well enough? But you know, and like I said, guys, that's listening. The reason I called him because every time I sound like I needed something, I mean, I've had my own preachers. I've had my own friends. They'll give information. I just always felt like when I called you, you're going to give me what I need to know, whether like we're talking about whether I need to be scolded or uh, or scolded, not scolded. Which I don't, which I don't <laughs> scolded. I, I, which I don't think I've ever done. You haven't, but it would be acceptable because right. between you, my father, my dad, my father-in-law, and right. you, you're going those three people. You would give advice as though you would give it to your children. You know, are, are the best advice, just like we do with our children. We don't tell our children no just because we don't want them doing something. We we do it out of love, or we give them a yes because put them on the best road. You want possible. the best best road possible with success in the end. You know, and a lot of kids just think, you know, you can go to your preacher that likes you, deals with you. He's going to give you, but. You are just somebody that I feel like you. You would be surprised though how many people are out there that go go to a church and have a have a preacher or pastor, and those two aren't really the same. But mm-hmm. that's another conversation. That don't trust them enough to go sit and have real conversations with them about their life. Yeah, I mean it's it's astonishing. Yeah, but, it's, it's astonishing. And a lot that, of, and a lot of people don't want to hear. Like I could be convicted over something, be like I know I shouldn't be doing this but I'm not going to go talk to anybody about it because I don't want them telling me that I'm doing wrong to where if I was to feel bad about or if I feel like I need some advice, I need to be told 
yes or no, regardless of how I feel about it. And it comes from a biblical standpoint right. as well. Like I said, I've, I've got my own preacher. I mean, you know, we go to church, everything, and I could go to him, and he's going to tell me. Sure. You know, and uh, but like I said, you've all, I've called you, you know. I mean, there's been many times. I mean, I'm married to a great woman now. I prayed for her, and sometimes I don't even think I deserve her. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how can a woman be so great and end up with a guy like me? You know, and, and I feel bad some days when I just have bad days and she's just like, baby, it's going to be okay, you know. And she's already dealt with people dying every day. And I'm like, I'm over here kicking rocks over a well, a, it's, a social media deal, yeah. you know. Or, or, and I can I can sing that song with you because there's no things, there's no things. And I say this often and I hope people and her, my wife, don't think it's preacher talk, but there would be no things in my life without Sister Lori. Right. Yeah. Zero things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to add the fulfillness of just being a privilege to be married to her. Right. In a personal. Yeah. In a personal relationship way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can sing. I can sing that song with you. Yeah. He that findeth the wife findeth a good thing. Right. Scripture said. Facts. And, and I remember calling you me one time, man. I was so upset. And like I said, a lot of times I've called or a couple of times, you know, and there's times I just need to know. There was times when I need to know, hey, business is going good. What do I do with all this money? Right. You know, I don't try to hide the fact. I, mean, I still live in a two-bedroom trailer, but we're going to build a house or buy a house. I'm just waiting on my, my wife to figure out what she wants, you know. <laughs> She's like, but what do you want, baby? I'm like, we live in a two-bedroom trailer with two kids, baby. <laughs> We can screen in the back porch for all I care, but we need more room. But and there's been time I've called and asked you for financial advice on how to deal with the church and the, you know because I don't sure from a giving from a giving from, from step, a giving point of view that's right, right. and because uh, you know I, I always I mean I can give hog meat and let's to, be clear let's be clear uh, yeah. there was no giving to the sanctuary or myself it was advised to you to give to the church that right you go and feed you and yeah and the pastor that. The pastor that preaches to you and, and is there for you for your day to day life. I just want to, yes, I just want to yes, make sure that that's, yes. that's clear. That yeah, I didn't call be, to give it to you. That's right. Or, that's or right. I could have, but I mean, you and you you advised. Hey, this is where you get your word from. Now, hey, you don't eat at McDonald's and pay Burger King. That's right. That's right. So and 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 those are just, you know, I could have called any other sure. pastor, or preacher, or whatever how you say it and. And they'd be like, well, if you come here and give it to me, this is what we going, you know, and you could have given me and a I, line to I stayed away from that because that that wasn't that would have been it wouldn't have helped you any. Right. That would have been proper according to scripture. And I wanted to make sure when people call me, and I don't care what it's about, mm-hmm. uh I want to make sure that to the very best of of my ability, that we put them on the proper biblical road mm-hmm. that uh leads them to the kingdom. That's right. That's right, and, and 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 that's exactly why, guys. That's why you're listening to this right now, and you might be going through something, and you want to know some of these same answers. But that's why I called you. You know, I could have called my daddy and said, "Hey, daddy, what do you think I need to do sure. with my my giving or whatever?" And he could have told me. You know, well, scripture scripture says scripture says that uh, in the multitude of counselors are safety, mm-hmm. and so people we, we live in a generation now with all of this that. Uh, I don't need anybody, and I don't need nobody telling me anything. And that really works against Scripture because Scripture says where you have counsel, mm-hmm. uh, there's safety in that. Right. You have to be wise enough to find the right counsel that you can trust, that you can take anything to, and trust them that when they speak into your life or into your situation, that um, 
they are indeed doing it for your benefit. Yeah. Counsel is very important. I I, I yeah. called. Uh, I actually have people that I I can call and counsel with that aren't aren't preachers and ministers, but right. I count them as wise, level-headed, uh, spiritual men. And I made the call. I've made the call and sent a text this morning saying, right. "I've got this. Yeah, I exactly." I know how I want to handle it. That's right. That's uh, that right. mud in my toes is <laughs> is is boiling. I know how I want to handle it, but what's t- tell me yeah. why I what what I should do that's proper. Right. And ultimately, you you if you trust those people in your life that have your best interest at heart, you should submit yourself and understand that they're coming from a place that doesn't have the emotions in it. Right. That you have in it. If no emo- if they don't have the emotions you have and uh, possibly no nothing to gain out of it other than helping you, you know, I feel like a lot of times that is the that's having good counsel, you know, and like I said, that's why I always ask my dad something or my, my dad in law because you know they neither one of them have anything right. to gain out of anything. They would help me because my dad wants me to succeed and, and be uh, the best I can be, and then my dad-in-law is going to make sure that his daughter's taken care of. So he wants to give me the sure, great counsel, no doubt. you know, because uh, that's his that's his baby girl. So sure. uh, I, I think pastors, I think pastors have been misplaced by people, uh, society, and even churches. Churches, uh, and this is where I'm kind of a little different on how I approach pastoring. Uh, I, I don't. Pastors have now become hood ornaments. Mm-hmm. To where it's my belief that pastors should be the GPS system. Mm-hmm. You don't see them, but they guide you. it's the voice. Voice. It's the voice that guides you. And now, a lot of pastors, either of their own doing or churches, sometimes churches that aren't mm-hmm. maybe set up in a biblical manner, you know, they just want the pastor to be the hood ornament while other voices guide which direction you go. Right. And yep. it's my belief that pastors should be heard not necessarily seen. Mm-hmm. Now, we have to be seen. We yeah. stand in front of the people. It comes, if I could do what I do and never be seen, I would be in heaven. Right. Uh, because I think we should be voices. That's why, you know, nobody knew that you called me. There's right. there's people in this church that absolutely think you are it. Yeah. <laughs> and they have no idea yeah. That me and you are friends or that me and you talk, much less that you call me for counsel. Right. Because the moment we entered into that relationship, I don't comment on your stuff anymore. Right. Yeah. Because now that that yeah. part of that that part is important to me. Yeah. As I keep all that separate and mm-hmm. understand that when he calls me, yeah. I have to I have to be that voice. Right. And I don't um I don't want to ever get that clouded or people to get mm-hmm. that clouded. That's in, that's more important to me than people knowing that I know you. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, like I said, every time that I'm, and I'm going to tell you something, it's funny because I always tell people that social media can bring out the good, it can bring out the bad, it can show the good, and, and I kind of try to do that on a positive standpoint. Uh, but like, if I'm going through something, it's like I can flip over from my Yacht Yacht page and just go to David Ellis and Adrian Holly has got something speak about and I'm like man he been watching my y'all <laughs> and I and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you I, I do watch some of them I yeah. don't watch all of yeah. them but I do have the moment you call me yeah the first time and said I, I really need to talk to you yeah the whole dynamic 
because uh, the first time, yeah. I feel like I need to tell this. The no, first go ahead. time, go ahead. the first, I was sitting on the edge of a field turkey hunting. Yeah. The first time I saw your yacht yacht video. Yeah. And this was before you, you made. Yeah. And I was, I was intrigued. <laughs> I was like, this guy's entertaining. He might be a little goofy, but I like him. And yeah. I think I commented and we yeah. conversed a little mm. bit. I like him. And then I, I got it. I wanted to get into trapping. Right. And so I messaged you. And you, again, this is before yeah. you. This is before you just really. Yeah, we're just blew talking up. mess. Yeah, and I said, you know, would you come show me half a day how to set some traps mm-hmm. over at my place in Kemper? And I think my cousin Hunter Holly came with me. And yep, you came and and you showed me all these things. And by the way, in my trapping career, I have caught, I've caught my plethora of coons and possums, but I'll have you know because of your half day. I have caught one coyote <laughs> and one fox. But I've probably done something that you have never done. What's that? I set a dirt hole and caught a turtle. <laughs> no, no, no. By the foot. Now, no, I caught a turtle in a dirt hole set by the foot. By and the- I just want you to know. Yeah. I just want you to know. That if you will continue to pray and work hard and believe in yourself, maybe one day you can reach the level that I have reached in being able to catch turtles in a dirt hole set. By the foot. By the foot. I caught him deep, too, baby. We always said if you get a full Paul catch. He was committed. He was ready. Full he was catch. fully committed. So you just keep believing yeah. in yourself, and yeah. you keep doing what you're doing. And maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day you can. Uh, oh man, you can get to where? Yeah, I, hate you I didn't caught matter. that one behind the house. Yeah, and I, and I just had him skin. I don't want to get the big three, but the coyote I caught, I think he had three hairs on him. Really, a little mangy thing. I caught him thing. in the summer. Yeah, well, he's pointing right uh, now, guys. He's pointing at a little fox he's had tanned out. And, uh, I caught him with both feet too. Yeah, he had both feet. Just jump in there. In there. They jump right yeah. in there. They like to pounce around. He's probably on the backside to begin with. They'll come up. Those fox will run up behind the backside of a set, and they'll just kind of pounce over to look. And then a lot of times, I think that's how they get. They just jump over the. They actually jumping from behind the set mm-hmm. to the front of the set, and then they just. I think that's how they get caught a lot yeah, of times. I, I don't know, but I was. Uh, I was. Uh, but yeah, I drove tickled. Yeah, when I when I walked up on him because that was, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's, other than that, you know, the coons and possums. And, yeah. And, uh, well, like I, said, I remember driving down and uh, meeting you and whatever. And of course, you're about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes mm-hmm. from me, and then drove down and did it. And like I said, just oh, and now, man, it's hard to find time. Back then, you know, you just had time. Oh, yeah. Now it's hard to find time. I tell people all the time, dude. I just I I start at daylight in between the families, the baseball. You know, Harlow playing sports and the trapping all day long. And then, you know. Uh, Harlow's a pretty good little athlete, ain't he? He is. He is. We skipped basketball this year. Uh, he was just burnt out. Uh, he looks like he runs well. He does. What's, he, what's his, Is he run the 40? No, nah, he, he's not fast. He runs a 60. I think it's a. Six, that's baseball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's not fast. It's like 6'9". Looks nine. like he's kind of long and uh, long yeah. and leggy and, and mm. runs pretty well. Yeah, it just don't take him many well. steps to get across there, you know. But Yeah. Uh, he's pretty good. I mean, we hope he goes somewhere we're pitching, but we got to. Does he throw it well? He throws well. He's got, like, good movement. There you so, go. uh, I mean, he's not like a 
90 mile an hour pitcher, but gotcha. he's just got movement on the corners and all that. So he threw his first, actually he threw, so we played summer ball last year, went up to Memphis, played in a wood bat league. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just jumped on, just gave him some extra. And he actually threw, it was a no hitter. And the only reason it was a no hitter is because I had it on film. But it was bang, bang, first bay on the last nah, bang. And they caught him safe. And they gave him safe in the mm. bottom of the last inning. <laughs> and I was like, let's don't ruin the mood. That'll <laughs> ruin my mood. Dude. And I was like, really? I had like, I don't I mean, how many strikes? It was seven innings. So that's 21 outs. So he had like 14 strikeouts. And the rest of them was pops or ground outs, you know. And, and Did the, he lefty or righty? He's a righty. He's a righty. <clears throat> so anyway, and, and, it was, but it was a pitcher's. It was a pitcher's umpire. Don't get me wrong. He had a good zone on him, you know. But anyway, when I just remember, because I filmed everything and down to the end, when I was like, "Dude, yeah, it's come break on, your heart come there. on, man." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, but you know, it is what it is. Harlow, and Harlow didn't even know he didn't. It, nobody even knew. We had to go back and watch. We knew it was zero to zero. I mean, uh, we, they didn't have any runs, but we it, no. They had a few walks, right? You know, so but didn't have any runs off of it. But we didn't know that it wasn't a. You know, once you start getting walks on the base, you don't really know if uh, – I don't guess you really be thinking like it's a no-hitter. You just – you know, but anyway, nobody even said anything. I didn't say anything. Of course, you're not supposed to say anything, you know, but – Yeah, how's that go? Yeah, the last out, I was like – I was just thinking we're ending the game. And I went back, I'm like – I started editing the video for his highlights, you know, how, do his little highlight reel mm-hmm. for him. I'm like, dude, you didn't have no hits. And they, they called safe on the last – which would have been the last out because the next guy grounded out or he struck out the last one. I was yeah. like – you gotta be kidding me! It, it's, isn't it the greatest thing to watch your kids <laughs> play sports? Though? Oh, and when they're good, that's what you know. I, tell, I, I see parents all the time take their kids somewhere, and I feel bad because I'm like, I'm there, video and watching my kid play, and then there's there's parents that go every game, and their kids not gonna get off the bench, not gonna you know not gonna get off the sideline. I'm like. But they're there for them. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I just don't know if I could do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just don't know if I could do it. I ain't saying nothing about that. Let, do you have anything else? I, I thought it might take us elsewhere. <laughs> but you took it. You took it to your kid's not very good. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where to go with that. Well, I, I'm just all saying, I know like, is when, when they are, <laughs> it's nerve-wracking to watch. My son is yeah. a linebacker at East Central Community College, and, right. and, and you just want it so bad yeah. for them. I, and you just wonder, you hope they want it as bad for themselves I know it. as you're sitting there wanting it for them. Yeah, yeah. And I tell and my so kid it's all the an, time. It's, an it's a wild ride. Yeah. Though. But I miss high school football. Yeah, I love JUCO. I love the coaching staff. I love EC. They got a great team coming up for his sophomore year. Yeah, but I am still in mourning. Yeah, that those Friday night lights at Neshoba Central. I don't get to go watch. Yeah, we might not get to, there, and we might not get to play this year. Holder's got to have surgery on his left arm, labor yeah. tore labrum or something. So we got to do that this summer. So he may not be back for football. Yeah, because that's a yeah, that's a solid four months at least, mm. five months at so, least. But he said if he doesn't. If he doesn't play football, he's, he'll go back to basketball. The only reason he didn't play basketball this year because they, they got some scholarship kids to come in, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, They do a little recruiting. Yeah. Little, and they never do that. Little transfer portal. So Harlow was just like, they just, they just bring him over from public school. Yeah. And, and I get it. Harlow's like. And you see, you live up in West Point too, don't you? He goes to school in West Point, but I live in Matheston. Okay. Because yeah. West Point at Neshoba was our – yeah, the I don't even thing. want to talk about that. We didn't talk <laughs> about <I'm>, anger. 
<laughs> but and I don't do. I don't deal with what. Be angry and sin not. And I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. But I will say this: for all of the absolute bitterness I had at West Point football, yeah. And I gave it to him on that Mississippi High School. I did. I know yeah. I'm a pastor, but it was all good. And I didn't yeah. say anything. Uh, at the last time we played them there, Coach Shamless, um, who just retired. He just retired. And yeah. I didn't have nothing for none of them. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't personal. It was yeah. football. I didn't have nothing for them. Just as far as I'm concerned, just yeah. uh, tear the whole thing down up there. And, but he <laughs> came up to me. I, I was on the field. And what he said, and I'm not going to share what yeah. he said about my son, but for him to walk up and say that to me, mm-hmm. I had much respect yeah. for him and that program. Right. Because it is top notch. Yeah. All right. That's the last time you'll ever hear me say anything positive <laughs> about West Point Greenway football. Right, right, right. Well, they, uh, they, they might go to heaven up there, but they're not getting my help, buddy. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm he did retire. I, I did a, uh, an event. So the day that I left the city, I had to speak for the Rotary Club that day. They had asked mm-hmm. me to speak, and Coach was there. And it's basically come down to talking, trying to help people, because you know just as well as helping these kids, a lot of these kids just don't have nothing. That's right. all they have is whatever that That's coach right. gives them, that game gives them. You know, and, and I'm fortunate. Coaches my, are incredible, man. And, what, what they do, just mm-hmm. not just coaching their sport, but – yeah. The impact they have on kids. They got to. Sorry, no, they, you're good. That's and that's just uh, it. They got to have that because that's that may be all the love they get, whether it be that 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 coaching, uh, that game. That may be all they have. You know, they don't. Right. My my kids, lucky enough, I've never had to really uh, miss a game. You sure. know, unless I've had an event, which my events. And there's, to, and there's a chance if they're in that position, then they're not getting any structure in their home life. They're not getting any direction in their home life. They're not getting any discipline That's in their it. home life. And so don't know when uh, they're going to bed. Athletics, while we do have to make sure that they don't become the biggest things in our lives. There's yeah. there's a line there to walk mm-hmm. as well. It is also very advantageous for 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 young men and women yeah. to learn structure, teamwork, discipline, order, mm-hmm. uh, self control and that hard work. Yeah. If you indeed actually put it in, yeah, is worth your time. Yeah, my kid has a hard time with that self control in the football. You know, because he gets so he gets mad at himself. He don't make the play, or if he doesn't, you know, if a ball, you know, come bounce off his hands, you know, which he, I mean, he had six or seven touchdowns last year, you know, but they just didn't throw the ball to him a lot. And a lot of times when he did, whatever, he he just had a he just couldn't control maybe his words on the field or whatever, and he mm-hmm. kind of get mad and. And uh, but that just come to. There's no excuse for what he might say or do on the field, but he just took. He was so serious about the game. He's sure. so serious about the game, and he, he just he just cared for it. Like it meant more than to him than other sure, kids. Sure, you know. I get it. And uh, you know, so I always tell him, it's like, you just got to do your part. You got to let it go. You know, and it's hard. You got to think. I didn't play football. You know, I look too good to play. You know, it's basically what it amounted to. I hear you. <laughs> I played, I played soccer, <laughs> which I was the number one goalie in the state of Mississippi I was for West Point High School, and we never won a game. Well, I don't know how I should respond to that, so I don't know if there's a punchline coming or what, so I'm just – I had more blocked shots than anybody on the, in the state, but we always lost one, one or two to nothing. <laughs> I, okay, I see. 
So what you're saying is you had the most blocked shots because there was the most shots on goal. Yeah. When I given was, up by your teammates. I was so bad at PE dodgeball. They said, you know what? You might could be the goalie for the West Point Green Wave. <laughs> I wasn't blocking them. I just couldn't get out of the way. Well, you know, I'm 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 already tired about talking about the West Point Green Wave. I don't care if it's soccer or whatever. I told you I was done with it. I gave Coach Chambliss his love and the program. Right, and that's, right, you know, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but y'all did good. I mean, like I said, I never went to the games there, so my kid goes to Oak Hill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and how that started with him going to the private school was we lived so far out in the county yeah. that you had to go to the county school. And I was like, well, I had to go to West Point every day to work, so I was yeah. like, we just go, you know, or just take him to Oak Hill so at least he could play sports and all that, which now they got it to where them kids can come to. Sure. Whatever. But anyway, yeah. which way. That being said, back to you just kind of helping me out and everything. But there's been time going back to kind of meeting where I'm at in my life with my wife. You know, there come a time, you know, uh, when I went through a divorce, trying to figure all that out. And then I got to a point where, you know, my yacht yacht was really skyrocketing. Now I'm dating women. And I'm like, and then it gets to a point I'm, I'm, I'm like, I call you and I'm like, dude, I'm struggling. I was like, I don't want to just be with women. I don't want to just do this. And and I remember I telling you, I was like, having this struggle. And I remember you telling me, it's like, well, you got to rather marry a girl or you got to stop it at all. Right. And. I know that sounds very old fashioned. But it was, it was a struggle for me because I, I just, I was mentally. And you was probably your inboxes. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Well, it's just a bunch it's of always, it, yeah. yeah. Well, easy, easy now, <laughs> easy now. I'm just, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know this yeah, for yeah, fact. No, I'm just no. assuming that you become a public figure. Yeah, there is an attracting there that takes place, and so now successfully we have covered for those that have hung in here with us. Right, we've covered anger. We've covered uh, counsel. We've covered a lot of stuff, and you know, we we covered. Money. <laughs> Money. And the dating arena and uh, the temptations that are in all of those things, the failures that can be had in all of those arenas. Right. I, I pose a question to those that are listening now that you brought it up because you, you probably entered into an at, we'll call it an atmosphere for now, mm-hmm. but an atmosphere when that happened that you had probably never been in in your entire life. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, because yeah. of you've now of a public figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, which probably goes along with the financial side of things, probably goes along with the frustration side of things, um, and things that people are going to listen to this, that they're dealing with the exact same things. Right. And we, we kind of look at it. We, we kind of look at it, and this is, this is where I'll kind of defer back um, to the podcast that you graciously plugged when we started. Yeah. This is This is the... This is the root of our work. Right. Our work is, our work centers on uh, spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And in our churches and in North American Christianity as a whole, we've all but taken spiritual warfare out of the Bible, out of the churches. Right. And, and we, we believe in, in Christ and his angels uh, from the spiritual side, but once we get to, and we want those things to influence us in a good way, right? But there's not a recognition of things that are in the dark that influences in the bad way, mm-hmm. and they are just as prevalent and just as structured, 
in the dark as they are in the light. And they are also as mentioned, even by name in some cases, and I won't get into it, but yeah. that, that's the, that is the podcast. Uh, so what happened was you just didn't enter into an atmosphere. You entered into, all of a sudden, you're in spiritual warfare. Right. Because these things, these temptations, yeah. in all the things we talked about, mm-hmm. those, those influences that come to you are things that are wanting to um, watch you fall. Right. And, and it, so if you're going to get up in front of millions of people, which is what you do on YouTube, yeah. and you, you're going to knock heads, mm-hmm. and you're going to do that, and, but you're also going to proclaim Jesus, well, if that's what Christ wants you to do, mm-hmm. what do you think the dark wants to keep you from doing? Right, right. Hey, I and can... so everything's not just human, everything's just not human decisions. I mean, ultimately it comes down to that. But the influences that we face are just as real as the dark as they are in the light. And so I often ask people, if you don't believe what's in the dark, and I'm being very vague yeah. right oh, now I know for the sake of very vague. Oh, you're good. Yeah, very nah. vague. yeah I'll go listen to the God Filter podcast. <laughs> yeah, very, very vague. Because we cover suicide, we right. cover marriage, we cover... Yeah sexual assault or those that have been molested. Mm-hmm. We cover addiction, drugs and alcohol. We right. cover we cover money from places that Yeah. Probably most pretty, gain money. In, in scripture. Well <laughs> I'm just talking about how do you how do you, you deal with it. Well we talk about we, we talk about everything and we it is in scripture and ultimately it's all spiritual warfare. And ultimately you have to ask yourself, if I don't believe what's in the dark that's trying to destroy me, do I really believe what's in the light? that's trying to save me because we've created a whole construct now in Christianity that uh, the light exists and the dark does not. Right. And we want to talk about the light, but we don't need to talk about the the Mm. dark. Well, what a great hiding place. (laughs) And then we wonder why our lives, our churches, our society, our schools are slipping. Mm. And uh, we have knowledge of everything and know nothing. Right. And I don't say that to be crude yeah, or on a high horse. Yeah. I'm just saying that's it. where we are, at least in Christianity right now. Oh, yeah. And I get a lot of people that, like I said, when you speak that name of Jesus, it's, it's not a double-edged sword. It's not. We're being accountable. We're being held accountable. Because like I said, I can give you a good positive day, and then tomorrow I'll be struggling. People don't struggle like I did, and I don't struggle like other people. I get told probably 100 times a day, I'm the devil, or I'm right. the, I'm the idiot, or I'm the you know I'm going to hell for killing hogs, or you know I've got a hundred people a day telling me something negative about myself where you may only have one person or one thing, right? So the yeah, de- because your platform is right so much bigger than mine, and is. I shouldn't ha- even though I take it personal sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm trying to I want I want to be educational, but I want people to know who I am. And then it may cause a confrontation. I don't, you know, and it just back and but forth. But if you never brought the name Jesus up, you'd never have to deal with it. You never would. So why? Um, so the devil wants me to think. So, I mean, but, but, but scripture, scripture, and I'll pose a question to, to you to yeah. ponder. We don't have to flesh it oh, out. Yeah. Just a little hook. A little hook in a cork with a worm on it, and we'll see who, right. who bites. The Bible says um, that he's been given a name that is above every name. Well, no wonder it's hated. Mm-hmm. You had never brought it up. You wouldn't face some of those comments. Right. Not like you could say every name in any religion on the face of the earth 
on on TV, but the moment you mention Jesus, they'll start beeping it out. Right. I've seen it. Yep. Oh, yeah, they're going to bleep it out. He's been given a name that is above every name. So we've all heard the scripture that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we're saved. We, we've all heard that scripture if we spend any amount of time in scripture in church. But I pose this question. In the right to rights, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we're saved. My question is, well, what were the other options? Right. Mm. So when we wrestle not with flesh and blood, I was healed. I can help you. Matter of fact, I have not even told you this personally. Mm -hmm. I'll help you here for the world. I'll help you here for the world to see. When I went through what I went through 10 months ago, I became, I was a pastor that (laughs) I love souls, but I struggle with people. That that is a very precarious Mm -hmm. place to be in as a pastor. Because I'm, you know, supposed to love people, and I'm like, man, I I love souls, but these people are about to get on my nerves, dog. I don't, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yep, and that's yep. a, and and I always struggle with that internally because I don't know if I feel like I'm fulfilling the office of the pastor should. And then when this happened, and I, I and I begin to see the things that I begin to see, and I saw the scripture and Paul wrote that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but power and principalities and rulers of darkness and wickedness in high places. The first part says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And when I was able to see that, Mm -hmm. and I think this would help you and anybody else that's in the public eye. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. I begin to see that as I am not fighting people. Mm -hmm. And because I realized that I was not fighting people, Uh yeah, that might be the vessel of which is used but it's not those people that I'm fighting. They're not my enemy. They're not my target. So I then was able to walk into a place where I can show more grace to people. Mm-hmm. I can show more patience with people. I can show more love for humanity, the flesh and blood. Right. The most wicked woman maybe in history was Jezebel. You've probably uh-huh. heard of Jezebel. Who hasn't heard of Jezebel? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been... She has been, rightfully so, drugged through more sermons and accused of more. You got the spirit of Jezebel and all this. And she was just a human. but She didn't do good things. Yeah. But Revelation said that God gave her 20 years. He said, I gave, he said, I gave her space to repent, and she repented not. 20 years is how long that space was that he gave her. Even as vile as she was. The love of God gave her 20 years. Right. Why? Because his issue, uh, Elijah and Elisha's issue with her and God's issue with her was not her flesh. It was the spirit mm-hmm. uh, in the darkness which she served, which in Scripture that is named Ashtoreth, that's probably a name that mostly everybody's listening to this right. has never heard before, <laughs> but that is in your yeah. Bible in multiple places. Right. And so now when I see people and they say the things that I don't want them to say, or when you're getting frustrated right. and people are coming against you, try to look at it as that person, right. that flesh and blood, that's not my enemy. Yes. There's a darkness behind them that's influencing them to say a thing, to hate a thing, to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And that's my real problem. And so I was able to shift in ministry from now I'm not fighting people. Right. But now I'm fighting the darkness that's influencing the people Mm -hmm. 
to hate the things that I love, to hate the things that they should love. And I walked into so much more right. sanity. Well, I need some more, <laughs> I need some more sanity myself. So if you try to see them as somebody, yeah. as, as somebody that Christ loves, and that's not where your fight is. Mm-hmm. You have a fight, yeah. but that flesh and blood vessel that has just said whatever they said to you on social media, that's not really your target. Right. And so, again, if you, if you stop using the name of Jesus in your videos and what you do, yeah, you'd probably have a little, few less headaches. Right. But then you'd be uh, out of order. It was like I spoke last night. I think, it's, I, oh, gosh, it's, uh, it's, Revel- it's in Revelations. It talks about... The, the cowardly being the same as the the, the liar, the sexually immoral, mm-hmm. and all that, and and I, I speak on that. I always when I started when I start a show, I speak on something out of the Bible that says, "Hey," and then when I get done with whatever I read, whatever's on me today, or whatever that verse is, to let them know we we just spoke the truth, just in case anything else I speak is stretched or taken away. You know, right. not, we you know my stories are exaggerated, sure. but at least you heard the the truth here, and it goes back to. Don't want to not speak Jesus. I don't want to be the coward to give you the platform. So I don't want to be considered a liar or a murderer or a sexual immoral if a coward's considered the same. You know. Sure. So I I don't I don't want to ever back down that. But man, it is is it how is it weird or crazy that man when when I want to speak I want to be a soldier for Jesus mm-hmm. and then you have people attack you over mm-hmm. it. When there's no need, I'm just speaking, That's right. but I'm not bothering you. And then when I'm attacked, it makes me feel like, well, again, I, again, I want to attack back. What you're experiencing is, again, and we've taken out of our churches, we've taken out of this Bible, the spiritual aspect of these things. It's become so yeah. kind of matter of fact and mundane that we've taken the spirit world out of Scripture and certainly out of our churches. Now, people are going to hear that out there and it'll be like, their idea of spirit world is all the craziness they see in some churches that mm-hmm. are indeed foolishness and crazy. I'm talking about the literal spirit world that exists. Those are, what would make a person say those things to you when you're just yeah. doing it? What, what would cause that? What would cause then you to get mad and want to war with them and they're warring with you? Well, that's because there's an old ancient war taking place in an unseen world that is manifesting itself in the seen world. And both worlds are represented in word, in deed, and example in our Bible. And we have just learned to read the Bible now through interpretations mm-hmm. that has interpreted that side of the conversation and that side of the reality just completely out of our lives. So right. now it's always about people. Yeah, and, and it's never about what can't be seen, and it's the Bible that's trying to show us that instead of people. Right. Mm. So we're, we've 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 focused. We've we've. I'll just be honest with you. We've dumbed it down to the point of it's dull. Mm. That's why churches are losing attendance nationally. That's why church attendance is down nationally. That's why people come and they bring their problems and they leave and they have the same problems. There's no deliverance. They can't see. And then they leave thinking I'm crazy. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a loser. Maybe I can't get it together. Suicide goes up. Addiction goes up. Divorce rates climb to 65%. 
we've losing the next generation to come to church because everybody's got questions and nobody's got answers. And yeah. in that book, there are answers. So when we found what we found, yeah, and how relative, like again, if you're out there dealing with suicide and you're dealing with them, the anger and bitterness of being sexually assaulted, whether you're an adult or whether you're a child, and these are just things we yeah. talk about. I, I don't know if I should be no, mentioning them no, now no, no, because it is it is rampant. Right. It is rampant in our society. It's rampant in our churches. And the mind is so hard. I mean, I preached a, I preached the met the message on suicide and the spiritual uh, warfare side of things w- with names and deep information. And when you have, uh, and I don't I don't have church services without altar calls. Mm-hmm. Right. I believe people have an opportunity to not just hear but also engage and 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 come yeah. to the things that they need. You preach a message on suicide, and sixty to seventy people, good people in your church, pile out of the yeah. pew with tears streaming down their face because they have been thinking of taking their own life. Their own life. The mind can be so powerful, but it's a, it's a link in there that will it basically want to destroy you. It's like you can. That's the unseen world. We call it the mind. Yeah. We yeah. call it the brain. We mm-hmm. call it whatever, but there isn't. What would what would cause what would cause people to uh, good people, solid people, yeah. to want to run their vehicle into oncoming traffic? Right. What would what would cause a, a young lady or a young man to? By the way, I have the answers to these. This yeah. is the yeah. things that we're working yeah. on. Yeah. I'm just trying to. I'm no. trying to say that there's things out there that are way that are way bigger than we are. That we've just chalked them up to man. Society's crazy. Yeah. Take a pill. It's not. It's not. Take a pill to it, sleep. It's about the people. It's always about the people. And I'm trying to say that it's not. Yeah. The people. Right. It's something bigger. It's something darker. And the words and its uncovering are right there in Scripture. And here's what's fascinating about it is it's not even interpretation. It's literally in the word word. of the Bible. You don't even have to interpret it. Mm -hmm. Or you don't have to be revealed to you as we like it. It You just have to read it and kind of know what you're reading. And in that, we've seen some incredible things, things that we've mentioned here that people are going to listen to this that Mm -hmm. they're dealing with. That's right. And and me personally, I get questions all the time because like I said... (laughs) I mean, I read the Bible. I told you I was struggling. Here lately, I'm struggling because the business is 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 going so fast. It's almost like I'm trying to keep up. So as I sit down and I read my Bible, I can remember those times when, say, when I was struggling, and you go to the Bible, and I go to Proverbs because that's easiest for me to understand without any interpretation. It is what it, to me, right. it just seems like it is what it is, you know, and as I struggle, sometimes I'm so focused on the business aspect of what I'm doing that I slack. I don't slack on the Bible reading, per se. I'm not soaking in because when I start reading, my mind is over here thinking what I got to do when I get done reading this. So, and I know a lot of people always ask me, like, what Bible are you reading? You know, I have a study Bible because I have to have somebody tell, I have to read it and look down here to, to get some type of interpretation. But what would you say to somebody? Because since that's one of my most questions is some people just can't pick up a Bible 
and mm-hmm. read it and straight understand it. Yeah, because they don't know they don't know uh, what they're looking at, and they don't know what they're looking for, and they don't know why it was written. Mm-hmm. And in episode one of our podcast, the first twenty minutes is my story of I was done. Mm-hmm. I had quit reading the Bible. I was pastoring a church, mm-hmm. and a pretty large church. One that you might say I'm a successful pastor mm-hmm. by man's metrics. Uh, I was done with it though. I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand it either. What is Paul talking about in the epistles? Good Lord, mm-hmm. how is this dealing with? And uh, of course, we don't. That's a two-hour conversation. Oh yeah, but these, but, these are things people want to ask. You know, when, yeah. when uh, I begin to see in Scripture, mind you, I think people are going to hear this as some new revelation. It's not. It's when I begin to see what I was looking at in Scripture and why it was written, and the purpose of why it was written. It became as easy for me to read and understand in an orthodox manner um, as um, breathing right. that easy. And I think where we've messed up, and I might, we might, you might get a few bad comments for what I'm about to say. Yeah. This is going to come from the religious people. Yeah, it won't yeah. come from it won't from, come from the pagans. Yeah, it'll come from the religious people. I think probably we've always been taught if you'll pray and read your Bible. God will reveal it to you. Mm-hmm. And now I, I kind of look back and I'm like, I don't really make any sense. Because what happens if I'm reading the Bible, and one, we've never been told in Scripture to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. We were told to study the Bible. Right. Those are two different things. Those are not even close to the same thing. Mm-mm. And I tell people in the church, get rid of, again, that, look, you can direct all your hate to me. No, David's not saying it. I, y'all, y'all, not saying it. I am. Get rid of your read your Bible in a year app. Throw that away. Mm-hmm. We're not called to read the Bible. We're called to study the right. Bible. And studying and reading are not the same things because study will take you on a path of geographical locations. Study will take you on the path of what does this word mean? What does this name mean? You may only get through. I've taken a whole day of study up on one verse of scripture mm-hmm. that it's first Peter one chapter one. And he just, his first sentence was he lists all the cities that he's writing to. One of them was Cappadocia. And I just started to study on Cappadocia right. and I didn't even get past, he didn't even say nothing. He just said where he was. And I spent a whole day studying one city. What was the culture like? What was yeah. what was the religion like there? What was the time frame? So now I have a really good idea before I read the rest of it of it, the context, right. the historical context, the religious background context of those of that particular area. Now I have a really good idea of what Peter what Peter's writing to, why he's using certain words because I understand their culture, understand their history, their background. Right. To whereas those before I had this, I would just read it and I would just go on and Ultimately, I would put it down and be like, and that, I don't remember one single thing. Not one thing stuck out and spoke to me. Right. And we've been, and we've been taught that he'll interpret it to us. Well, what happens if I'm praying and reading, and you're praying and reading, and the Lord reveals the Lord reveals it to you what it means, and then He reveals it to me what it means, and but we come together and we talk about it, and you're like, no. Yeah, the Lord didn't reveal that to you. That's not right. He revealed it to me, and I'm over here going, "Wait a minute, dude. My, I'm right. Mm-hmm. And I, tell tell me how. And I don't want to act grind an axe, but I can grind one with the best of them now that <laughs> you get me going. Tell me how the uh, the Scripture, the Holy Writ, the Word that is forever settled in heaven and cannot change, has produced 
200 different denominations in North America. They all disagree on something, and they're all right. Now, whose fault is that? Right. Whose fault can it be? Mm-hmm. And um, that is because we have leaned on interpretation as if the Bible did not. Nobody in the Bible stood around when they read the Scripture and, and in the New Testament, they didn't even have the New Testament yeah. Bible. They had the Old Testament. But nobody stood around going, what are these guys talking about? Mm-hmm. That's what we do. They did not. They knew the lingo. They knew the nuances of it. They knew the commandments. They knew all of those things. And when we turn Scripture over to our own interpretations right. of what we call it, this is how I interpret it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that ain't worth a plug nickel sometimes. And I spent years pastoring a church doing that same thing only to go back with what I have now again. And I'm not trying to just plug the podcast again. That's where we explain it all. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm leaving it undone. I feel like right. I'm leaving it undone, but I'm yeah. trying to make sure they have an avenue to go. Okay. Yeah. If you really want to know what I'm talking about, here's where you can go and hear it. But you're going to have to buckle up now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going, oh, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a ride, but it's not a ride that you, everything you hear will. Yeah. Be found in Scripture. And when we turn that over to personal interpretation, and now we got whole denominations and stuff built on men's, men's books and ideas. Uh, yep. And that makes zero yeah. sense to mm-hmm. me. Yes. So I don't even know really how we got there. All I know is if you're out there struggling, you're fighting old darkness that is in Scripture, and it can be revealed to you in Scripture. Um, it's there. It's there. And y'all let you dig and click and, and that's probably what decide I, where you want to go. And that you that. said that, like reading and study. It's just so, it's so like when you're in school, they tell you to read the book. And the first thing you do, you don't want to read the book. You want to go get the cliff notes. You didn't study anything. Yeah, no scripture. There, uh-huh. There's not a scripture in the Bible that stands alone. Right. So to extract one scripture mm-hmm. and put a whole construct or a whole doctrine or a whole theology based around one scripture... Right. is erroneous, mm-hmm. which is what we've done. Mm-hmm. And that's why people, like a lot of people that be hating on you, yeah, they know one verse of Scripture in the Bible, yeah. judge not. Yeah. <laughs> and they matter of fact, judging folks is the only sin left in yeah, the world. Right. That's the only sin yeah. left. There's no uh, other all sin. All the time, the and if they say something out of the way, like say just say a non-Christian, non-believer, anything like that, or maybe they are a Christian, and they say something hateful to me, and mm-hmm. I see it and I go, yo mama, and they'll, and they'll be like, I thought you was Christian. I'm like, well, I am. <laughs> but don't confuse the good smile. <laughs> and the- I, I feel like the yo mama is more of a yacht yacht character answer. I always tell than people, it look is at, anything. Yeah, I tell, always tell people, even if I mean it mean, mm-hmm. if you just read it like I talk, you'll probably just not even be mad. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, my wife. Literally, we're sitting in the house, me and a six-year-old. Me and him get to wrestling too hard. My wife don't like all that loud banging and whooping. We're WWE and off the, mm-hmm. you know, the couch. And she'll go, all right, guys, y'all need to calm down. We ain't stopped. We do it three or four minutes later. She's like, all right, guys, y'all need to calm down. And we just, and finally she go, all right, guys, I'm mad. <laughs> it never changed. So... If you if if she sent me that, that is not how my wife does it. 
I love Sister Lord, but that ain't my wife right there. I'm Usually about you. that second time, yeah. we're already, we're crunk up pretty good if she's going to go there. So kudos, kudos to Sister Yacht Yacht. And so I'm telling you, she is legitimately that. Now she will, dude, she can't even, I mean, she can't even hardly just get loud like it. It's bad because I, I should take it more serious. Do, do you, I bet you get on her nerves sometimes. Oh, don't my you? God. <laughs> Dude, she tells me, she's like, you are literally too much for me. I'm like, well, baby, <laughs> God sent you. You talk to him about it. <laughs> I pray you for said, you. Yes, you, you did it too. And I told her, I said, look, I said, uh, you know, I do a show every now and again and I talk about the testimony part. Because I, I don't think people know you're, you're, oh. you're a high strong. I'm getting better because I'm older. But I'm, not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. I'm just saying you're high strung yeah. whether the camera's on or not. Right, right. I don't know if people yeah. well, yeah, know but, that about, about yeah. you. And I think a lot of people are starting to learn this podcast. I get to be more serious. Right. But also, but when we get jacked up and get to laughing and carry it on, we're, so we're, I'm high energy with my six-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, even though I can't, I can't last as long as a six-year-old anymore, but, you know, my wife's like, you know, she is, she's like, you're a lot, you're a lot. And I was like, well, I know, but God <laughs> told a, you to put up with a lot. You're a lot. Because she, but every now I do such it. such a diplomatic way <laughs> of like, saying what she's probably thinking in different terms. I know it, I know, but she's so sweet about it. She's so sweet about it. But I'll tell her, uh, you know, hey, this time, when I like I told people, I said, you know, I'll, I'll do a show and I'll be like, man, I call my preacher and I was like, man, I said, I'm going through this, going through that. And I was like, I don't want to fool with these women. You know, not that I was fooling with a lot of women. I was like, I just don't want to fool with, with all comes with these women and not being married and enough. And I said, the preacher told me, to, he's like, well, you're going to have to just leave them alone. Or you're going to have to marry one of them. I said, well, I told you what, this time I want, I said, Lord, I'm done uh, talking to these women, uh, all this. I said, but this time I want pretty and not too loud. I said, if you send me that, I'll be all right. And I got pretty and not too loud. Where you go then? So. And, and she goes, but what did I get? I said, you should have specified to the Lord. <laughs> you asked for a man. <laughs> and he just sent just a man. <laughs> so. That's uh, that's, you wanted you wanted pretty and quiet. And uh, you know, we do have an episode on marriage, and yeah. that's, a, that's as far as I'll go yeah, yeah. on that. I'm just going to be quiet right there. <laughs> well, I love Because I suspect you, yeah. uh, you – did you know that uh, there's not going to be women in heaven? I did not know. Uh-oh. Well, you, better, you got it on yours? No, it's not. There's not going to be. The Bible says that there's going to be 30 minutes of silence. <laughs> and so I love you ladies out there. Hey, listen. Hold on now. Come on now. That's that mud between well, my toes. I'm sorry. <laughs> my wife will tell you I am a big fan uh, of, uh, of women and yeah. championing the cause of Christ and yeah. the kingdom uh, yeah. and these men, some of these movements and people that oh, want to shut them up and silence them yeah. and make them be quiet. I am not with that at all. Right. I am, right. I, am, I am for the women's movement in the kingdom. Yeah. Well, I, knew but you, I knew you were saying 30 it up. minutes of silence yeah. is going to be. Only God can pull that off, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, she's she's great. And like I said, I I really don't think I deserve her. Sometimes I think I'm too high strung, and and but she's just that person to calm me down and get me. And like I said, our marriage, you know, and I she talk- may just like going deer hunting and stuff. Though, no, nah. found an opportunity. I gave her that. No, she don't like none of that. 
Okay. So she, she went and killed my buck, you know, that I was trying to kill. But that happens. Don't even get started because <laughs> the people that know me that are going to hear this, you know, we're in my office. Yeah, and, cover and up and with this is my turkeys. Yeah. And, and, but the big deer. Yeah. The big deer. Right. They're at the house because mm-hmm. I didn't kill them. Because you didn't kill them. My wife killed them. Right. I get so much grief over that. Yeah. And they think I get mad about it. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? My wife keeps killing deer. I get to keep going. Yeah, that's it. I get to go with her. That's it. I love taking my wife. She don't. Jokes she just don't on care you. about. We cooked a beaver for Christmas, and uh, she wasn't having that though. She don't eat deer meat. But I tried one of that. I tried yeah. that. I mean, I had a mine guy, was good. I had a guy in the church that yeah. brought me one, and I cut the backstrap out of it, mm-hmm. and I really wanted the tail. Yeah. And I grilled the tail like I'd watched on YouTube or something, uh-huh. and uh, you know the backstrap was pretty good. Me and my daughter Anna actually ate it, and she kind of liked it. Right. That tail, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, it was fatty, but it didn't have no flavor. And maybe I didn't do it right or no, something. No, I think people come up with this idea that the tail is really good just to say the tail is. Like, you got the whole meat of yeah. the, the beaver. Right. And you're going to eat the tail. Well, I just. I think. No, I mean, I see it all the time, like on YouTube. Like, people want me to do a YouTube on it, you know, because I trap beavers. But I'm like, I'll let my dog chew on it. But in my mind, I'm thinking back in the 1800s when, when there was fur trapping for a beaver. Mm-hmm. I think it was you're up in the mountains, freezing cold. You're, you needed a fatty source of food okay. on top of right. probably eating the beaver meat as well. And I think it's just been handed down from time to time to like, hey, you should try the tail. It's really good. And it could be. But I I, I've got the whole beaver. That's right. I'm not going to eat the hoof of a deer when I got the hind quarter. If it's really good, I want to watch somebody cook it. Right. You know. And, and let's be I don't think the beaver was fantastic. Yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah. wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. It was a good dark, a darkish yeah. kind of meat. Mine was but, good. Yeah. When, I cooked it like pot roast. I got you. Oh, uh, that's what I did. Let me tell you what something people are sleeping on. And and I know they're going to think I'm nuts, but uh, Bobcat. Yeah. I've had Bobcat. It's phenomenal. And a lot of people, and I think it's all a mentality. I mean, we eat, we eat the beaver, we ate a Nutri-Rat when I went down to Louisiana this mm-hmm. year. Oh, it's just the mentality of what you're used right. to eating, you know, just knowing that. You've just been told not to like something. It's not that it's not yeah. actually good. You've yeah. just been told your whole life that's not a food source. That's right. And when it indeed was a, is a food, is source. food source. That's right. And I think a lot of that just happens. But my wife, she ain't about none of that. But, oh, like I said, she, she's she's good as gold. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I just think that you know I don't deserve her. You know the only, you know as a marriage, I think the only issue, and and you may run into this, you may not have. Uh, so my wife's not a very strict person. So you strict have strict as in what do you mean strict? Like disciplined person when it comes to the child. Oh, I got you. Got so you. I and I was really like my kid Harlow like. I could just look at him if we somewhere and be like, just yeah. nod your head or, or squint your eyes, and my kid just act right because he knew I'd get that tail or we just mm-hmm. don't do that, you know. And then when I come into, to we get together and we have a child, you know, uh, now we're bringing two families together basically. Right. And of course, my kids at the point now. He, now don't get me wrong; he's gotten trouble for, you know, and. Uh, I've had. To, I think the last time I had to get him, he was about fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. So he's only seventeen. So it's only been a couple, a couple right. three years ago, two or three years ago, and uh, you know, but he got in a little trouble, and uh, he got saved the first time because mm-hmm. my wife is just like, well, maybe he was just going through something, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, I'm gonna beat his guts in right now, 
You know, <laughs> and I don't mean physically abuse, but I'm just that's the way we talk around here. You know, I know what you mean. And uh, she's like, "No, just let it go." And it, it's kind of like that, like when my 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 daddy gave me my last whooping. I was about sixteen, and I took it like a man. And he said, "You ain't gonna cry." I said, "You ain't gonna hit me no harder." Mm-mm. And it was over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have never said no, that. No, <laughs> that's that's not good. There is it. So I took. So when my kid got in a little trouble. And I was embarrassed. And what it was, he 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 finally decided he thought he would drink. Okay, gotcha. And passed out and had to have an ambulance take him to the hospital. Oh, at a Mississippi State football game that I wasn't at. Oh, okay. And yeah, that's, that's and he's in the hospital. It. Yeah. And all it was is he just never drank, and he drank. Thinking he's going to be cool. Like his water or something, and then it and caught it, him. It caught him, and he passes out in the stadium. He's not with an adult. Right. So they, I, I got a call from a paramedic because they just happened to know us. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't smell alcohol on him. We don't know what's going on. What it was, well, on like some kind of liquor, you don't smell yeah. it. So I, I said, get him to the hospital. So I meet him to the hospital, and he's like, I ain't done that. I don't know, daddy. Come in there. He's like two points something. I'm like, mm. I'll kill him. I'm going to kill him. So we get him home, and he acts just like a, a drunk kid. You know, he don't know what's, you know, he goes in and goes to bed. I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I ain't going to get him nice said, in the morning. I said, he's going to take the, he gonna have to take a shower to beat off what I'm going to put on him. And uh, I said, no, nah, don't get him, don't get him. Well, I had a, I didn't get him, and that goes against everything that I, you know, that I believe in just make sure kids act right. She's she's giving him this psychiatrist talk, you know. She she's good at talking. Right. Let's understand. Let's show him love. You know, he's just got a lot of things going on. You got to remember, as a teenage kid, he's done went watch his parents go through a divorce. Right. You know, maybe it's just now catching up with him. You know what I'm saying? His mama just got remarried. Maybe he's trying to break into that. You know, it's just you right. don't know. So I let him slide. Well, about two weeks later, we we playing basketball. Now he done got this cocky attitude. And uh, they've been riffing, that Snapchat been riffing back between schools. Well, when the basketball come, right off the bat, Harlow clotheslines the dude in, on the court. Mm-hmm. They, and the coach done told him, pull you out the game, because everybody knew. Well, the coach pulled him out, let him come back after halftime. Boy went for a layup, Harlow just took his legs out from under him. Coach pulled him off. Harlow goes over to the sideline. He all soiled up, got his feet out in the lane, out in the, on the court, slouched down. <laughs> and, I, and now you're embarrassing me, you know. I hollered out across the court, get your feet up, boy. And, dude, after that game, I said, you're going home with me today, buddy. And I let him get all his clothes off, get in the bed. I told him, come here and let's talk. And I tore his tail up. I tore his tail up. And I never had another problem out of him. He knew that was about like I did when I was 16. That was my last time that I knew you're not going to try. And I did tear him up, but he respected me. Sure. He understood what you're not going to do this. And so, you know why people, do you know why people don't like, now they, they might call them spankings or whippings. Yeah. We call them whoopings. Just a whooping. Yeah. You know the difference between a whipping and a whooping? Yeah. The whooping will still hurt when the weather changes. 
<laughs> we, get, we get whoopings. Right. You know why our society and maybe even some people that listen to this are opposed to that type of discipline? Right. Because it's biblical. Right. And I've read it. I've shown it. I was talking to my buddy the other day, and it goes back to, I guess what I'm saying, now that I'm in another relationship with a child that's not biologically mine, right. even though I take care of him, try to do the best, you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm that father figure. And my wife's not a big disciplinary action person. Mm-hmm. His biological daddy, you know, he's wants to be the big man because no other guy should touch his son or discipline him. Let me do it. That's fine. Just be there to do it, you know, if that's what it takes. So as a six-year-old, like when my kid was six, I mean, all you do is shook his hand by that time. From the time he was four years old, six years old, he knew what he could and couldn't do without mm-hmm. discipline or repercussions. And now I have to deal with that. I'm 44 years old. I got a six-year-old that may not want to listen or has bad days. Maybe he's struggling with his parents that are not together anymore. Maybe right. it's, you know, I don't know how young it affects. But, you know, so as a parent, a stepfather that wants to, just trying to be the father-like figure that I was for Harlow and always mm-hmm. has been, you know, it's a little bit harder because I have a harsh tongue. When I, no, not the tongue, the harsh tone. Tone, right. Uh, where it's where my wife says, y'all need to stop. When I've had enough, right. I ask twice or, or once, and I'm like, you need and to sit down. And then we're going to take it to another level. That's right. And so I struggle in, a, in, a, in that aspect of a marriage, and I don't know if the other people, I'm sure there's people listening that do struggle with that. Like, how do you handle that so that it doesn't affect the marriage and it doesn't affect our respect with the other, the biological dad? Because my son has a stepdad. But well, here's, a, here's a fun fact that you may not know. Uh, right there on the wall, that, that young lady in the uh, black. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my oldest daughter, Sydney, uh-huh. and she is. Uh, um, she made my wife a stepmother. Okay, and so my wife is a stepmother. I am part of a blended family, right? Quite to the level that you are, uh, and you didn't even know that. I, I did mean, not so even know. know that. Uh, and so, uh, matter of fact, me and Lori started dating when Sydney was six months old, and so. Lori has been um, a mainstay in Sydney's life since Sydney can remember. Right. And one, we got on the same team. This is probably really something that my wife could talk to better because she's a step-parent. Now, you're in a step-parent role, but we were on the same page. And so at no point, uh, and first of all, Lori was extremely, um, she loved that baby, Mm -hmm. period. I have no doubt. Right. And the way that she interacted, the way that she served her, the way that she did all things, there was no doubt. So now, Sister Lori sounds like she's the opposite of your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, your life. <laughs> so, so, and I'm not trying to paint a bad picture. No, I'm no, just saying I know what you're saying. It's her personality. It's I just know. the way she is. And anybody that knows her knows she's that way. And if she wasn't like that, I wouldn't love her. Right. She, it wouldn't be who I married. Right. But now, Lord, Sister Lori, she's going to say something. Yeah. And she's going to get louder as she says it. And then she's liable to haul off and right. <laughs> do what needs to be done. <laughs> and it. so because we had communicated, because we knew the situation, and because I knew that there was much love there between my daughter and my, my, my wife. Right. Now, uh, whenever, and it only happened two or three times. Yeah. yeah. But whenever Lori did 
step off into the arena of discipline. Right. I I go to the other room. Yeah. <laughs> There's no. I yeah. don't want to get involved in it. Right. I don't need to. Right. I trust that she's doing the right thing. Yeah. Don't run over here to me. If she, my deal was, if she's whooping you, you. Yeah, you done. You show enough needed it. Right. And so what we, we done was, you know, Sydney, uh, obviously a different set of rules. And, and I was yeah. I was not the domiciliary parent, which means I got the every other weekend where they lived. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there might be some things that you do there for, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15, 10, 12 days that when you come here, it's not acceptable. That's it. And so when... We, when she got older, we had established what those things were. Right. And yeah. it didn't matter if I hadn't seen her in two weeks. If she walked through the door and did one of those things yeah. for a parenting, not, not a mean or yeah. non-loving way, but from a disciplined point of view, it don't matter if you just walked in the door. Mm-hmm. If you did it, mm-hmm. you had to suffer the consequences of that, and then you would get told you need to remember where you are. Right. I'm sorry you're in this position. Mm-hmm. I know it's not ideal, and yeah, I, I get it. And as she got older, we had those conversations. I get it. You didn't ask for none of this. But just because you didn't ask for none of it doesn't mean that you're just going to run the house. Right. And oftentimes in these situations, the kids end up running the house because the parents are consumed with guilt. Yeah. Well, it does, okay, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I walk the road, but I just can't let you learn to live a life to where you can do what you want, how you want, with no accountability and no restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. I still have to raise you right. according to what's proper. Because if you don't put accountability in your children, there is a police officer somewhere one day that will put accountability on your children. And it could be that, there, we talked a moment earlier, that one, may not be in anger, but it's in that one mm-hmm. thing that got you, yep, there's a, that you didn't act yep, right. There's a rehab center somewhere yeah. that will put some accountability in you. There's right. a jail cell somewhere yeah. that yeah. will put some accountability. There's a coffin. Yep. And that's what you, and, that and will put run. some accountability in you. Right. And so, uh, one, we were on the same team, same page, and it sounds like uh, between you and your wife and how much you guys care for each other, that shouldn't be too hard to do. Yeah. And then absolute consistency uh-huh. in what the plan is. Yeah. And everybody needs to know what the rules are. Right. And and well, the other thing with me, and I, I don't want to get off into your personal no, stuff, but uh, you know, when you're at my house, you are at my house. Right. And legally, you know, we went through the court system. Once you are turned over to my possession on that every other weekend Mm -hmm. thing, once you're in my possession, what the other parent wants at their house Mm -hmm. is out the window. Right. This is my house. Mm -hmm. We're going to go the way that I think we need to go, even though you may only be here for two days or every other week during the summer. When you are here... My house, my rules, and the other party does not get to dictate what goes on in my house. Yeah. Now, once I hand you back to them, yeah, then they can establish the same thing, and I don't have any right, right. to say how you do yeah. or you don't do this. That's right. That's to me. That's yeah. just proper. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with good people, right? Now, if you're 
Dealing with the, yeah, you, <laughs> bro, you know where I'm going with that. Get in my part. Yeah. No, no, just, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna turn them back over to somebody who's abusing them or you know, abusing substances and it's yeah. a bad environment, then man, yeah. I come off of that 100%. Do what you got to do. Yeah. But when you got two, you know, good homes, safe environments for the mm-hmm. children, those two homes should stay separate. Yeah. When, when you know, if they're if they're yeah. at your house. Then they shouldn't have an opinion, and you shouldn't have one when they're at their house. And yeah, and then the child, and then everybody should communicate with the child to make sure they find a good balance. Yeah, and understanding of what's expected of That's them. That's right. And and it's so hard. I ain't say it's hard. It's just a different. Like I said, me and my wife can be on the same page. I just have a tone when it comes to there's. It's just like if even if you didn't have a splendid a blended family, most times the mother doesn't like. The dad, she's tired of the kids yeah. and these dad to say something. And then sure. when dad said something, it's like, you're being too harsh. Yeah, you know, that still that. happens. It just, it causes a different situation when it's like. And sometimes women don't understand. Sometimes women don't understand that as men, we're going to talk. It's not partiality. We're going to talk to boys different than we, yeah. we talk to the girls. And I, I don't I've, have any girls. I did it in yeah. my house. And I've had, I've had two girls. One, my daughter, my daughter Anna. Uh, my youngest one, my second chances. I've always said I got to raise a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll probably have the first times that I've dug off in her with my tone. Absolutely. Yeah. Did I do it as much with her as I did Bo when he was coming up? Not even close. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> and that's the thing. But, like I mean, because I mean, boys and girls, you know, daughters, and you don't have any, but uh, they, they run and skin their knee, and they're like, "Oh, dad, didn't you all come here, baby?" Right. Your boy falls down and skins your knee and starts crying. You're like, yeah. boy, shut up and get yeah. up. Go run some water on it and go play. Daddy Quit takes, all that crying. Daddy takes care of the daughter all the way up, and then they marry a guy like me, and it's like, I mean, I ain't kissing your feet now. <laughs> but, and we should, honestly, uh, we should probably as men do a little better. And that's correct. That. You and know? I'm learning. That's part of my journey as well. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't really understand the husband and fatherhood until mm-hmm. – Man, it sounds crazy, and I just keep going back to it the last 10 months. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of things as men that we've got to do a lot better. A lot better. But also, we we sit in a seat of authority. Mm -hmm. That's why women can pull their hair out all day long or repeat themselves as their kids. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, a good, a good, strong man, Mm -hmm. not just a strong man. Mm -hmm. David, there's a difference between being a good man and a God man. Right. Those two aren't the same things. Mm-hmm. And I want to strive to be a God man first and a good man. And I, I've not always done that because I didn't have the understanding. A good man and a God man has built in authority in the home. Mm-hmm. And them kids can be driving her crazy. And a good, strong God man will walk in the door and proclaim with one sentence, that's enough. Right. And because of that seed of authority, mm-hmm. all of a sudden – Things that have been ignored all day are not are no longer ignored. That's right. That's not male chauvinism. Right. That's not toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. That is just an order. If you look in the animal kingdom, it's the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. On many, many different, on many different levels and many different ways, and um, of course, our society and the things that we're facing in the dark are seeking to reverse those roles and. Men are taking a more passive, yeah, passive place in the home. Women are taking more an aggressive place in the home. They're fighting like cats and dogs, and then it's getting modeled to kids. Yeah, and then now mm-hmm. you know 
women are no yeah. longer looking for strong men. Yeah. Uh, like, and men are, and the young men are looking for boisterous, out of control women. Mm -hmm. And we keep wondering why divorce rates are ticking up to 70%. Right. And all the statistics that we're seeing imploding are imploding. Mm -hmm. Again, that's not just humanity. Yeah. There's a calculated plan in the darkness of all of it. Right. And we've uncovered it. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Well, like I said, you're the man that I've always tried to look forward. And you know, and you got kids. And, and like I said, I, I'm always saying I'm learning, but I just know, like, I grew up a certain way. And then you try to pass it down. And then when you get into that blended family side of it, you know, you don't want to think that your way is the only way. Because I sit there and I watch my wife and how great she is. Mm -hmm. And I see her daddy, and he is the most patient. Right, man. Like I don't even know how. Like some of the stuff I've seen them have to go through. I'm like, dude, we'd have done burn their house down, you know, <laughs> like boarded the doors up and then burned it down. <laughs> but like, you know, and not that's. I mean, just because he's in the public eye, would they own a grocery store and all that? So he, you know, you just hear stories like how people act, and I'm like, yeah, you know. And then I look at like, okay, he raised my wife, right? How great she is. She probably never been whooped, so I'm thinking, okay, my wife's trying to graze the, her child like there's like, no like she was modeled, like she was modeled. We all repeat, and whether we want to or not, to some degree, we all repeat what we saw and what what we've seen in our childhood. And that's all I'm thinking. And the like, ability okay. to change is to be able to take and recognize the things in your childhood mm -hmm. that were not proper mm -hmm. and cut them out so that you don't pass them on because that's how generational curses are developed. Right. And so you hear people saying, well, my daddy was like that, I'm that way, and yeah. my granddaddy was like that. And I'm like, man, you're all stupid then. What are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> Every time you know? my wife, she's not, she's not a correcting person. I mean, if, if, they're, the if it's good, they're yeah. all that way, great. But if not, just to proclaim, what's well, the way we do it in my yeah. family? I'm like, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like, uh, all right, well, my daddy got on, my daddy's voice was always enough. So really, I only had one or two whoopings from my dad my whole life. His word was always enough. Uh, Mama was a little bit different. The potential. She, yeah, the because pot the potential was there. But that's that's a whole thing. That's there, right. Man. So I'm looking at like, okay, my wife's not a disciplinary. She don't want to discipline a child. When I say discipline. I know what but, you mean. You I know, know what you mean, yeah. So, and I'm going, like even my son be like, daddy, you didn't even give me that many chances, like, you, you was ten chances mm -hmm. back before we got. To, I was like, I know, but you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn and this too. Get older. Yeah, get older. You get older. Like I said, I'm ten years older than my wife, so it's a different generational sense of. And I'm going, but man, look how great she is. Maybe. And then some days I'm like, enough's enough. Call his daddy, or I'm gonna have to fight the whole trailer hood, right? right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know, and then it's just a child. I know he's six year old, but. It comes to a point that kids have, can't rule the house. Then you have to filter your maturity or immaturity yeah. uh, to the kid's personality. Yeah. Because I was very immature when Bo was born. Mm -hmm. uh, I just was, and I yeah. certainly was smart. And I had no wisdom. Yeah. But Bo was also as a as a as a great kid right now. Yeah. I mean, but as a mm -hmm. as that really age where they need discipline, the age you're talking about, he was as hard headed and bull headed as any kid. Right. Wasn't disrespectful. He was just bullheaded mm -hmm. yeah. and I, I i tore him up yeah and you know to where every now and then he'll be joking with me because we we think it's thieves yeah yeah and you know i don't what i didn't you know you didn't tear asher up like that i'm like well one i'm older yeah uh and asher was kind of born at 
uh, when I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. I said, but Asher's a completely different kid than you were. Yeah. So you have to take all of these factors and mm-hmm. almost you raise your children with the same standard, mm-hmm. but your approach yeah. mm-hmm. might have to be different depending on what each kid needs. Yeah. And Lori's always telling me, she's always fussing at me, and I'm, I think I'm wearing her down. <laughs> said, you, you, you whipped him too much when he was little. I was like, I did not. And I look back, and I'm like, he got no, 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 There were times that he absolutely, he, and were there a few times, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But he was just, that, and I knew early on if we don't get a handle on it now. That's right. And people, that's what people do. They don't want to discipline their kids. And then they want them to act right as teenagers. And, it, and then they just throw their hands up. I can't do nothing with them. And I'm like, that, that ship sailed, baby. You've got there. seven, eight years mm-hmm. from the time they're given to you. So get it. You've right. got seven or eight years yeah. to instill that in them. And if you miss that window, mm-hmm. there's a really there's a really big chance that yeah. you won't get that back. Uh, and, so you you're know, out there listening and you have small children. Yeah. You need to put that discipline in them in the way that works, whatever that way is, you, in a way that works. Because if you miss that window, yeah, uh, there's Fair really enough. no going back. That's right. That's my it. kid. You know, he's always joking me now. You know, you know, always wanting to box. He's like, you want to fight now? You know, you want to whoop me now? You know, he's just joking. And I'm like, son, it's good that you respect me enough that you would joke about it. But in reality, there will be kids at 16 to 17 year olds that will want to whoop their parents. No doubt. In, in general, because no they, first of all, they know they can. Second of all, they've never had, Pure they were anger. never. Anger. Just anger. Anger for probably unspeakable things. Mm-hmm. People in that. Not probably. Yeah. It is unspeakable things yeah. that I hear and deal with mm-hmm. of what happened in people's lives. And you get somebody that gets to that point at 17 or 18 year old, mm-hmm. the worst has probably happened. Yeah. Well, we just hope, and, and like I said, in the end, we just want to raise all kids the best, whether our anxiety or, sure. or, or aggravation gets to bust. You know, I, I just always wanted my kid to love me enough to respect me. So, Hey, when we get older, we're going to need them again. So sure, well, I sure hate for them to not love me enough. That old saying is you got to teach your kids to forgive mm-hmm. because when you get older, you're going to need them to forgive you. Yeah. yeah. And we're all going to mess something up. Yeah. Even the best parents are going to look back and say, I wish I hadn't have done this. Mm-hmm. What, I'd, what I, I didn't want to look back and say, I wish I, uh, I wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Uh, everybody's yeah. going to look back and say, maybe I wish I hadn't have done that. Yeah. And uh, I don't think if you love your kids and you're, you're a, God, a God man, um, I don't think too much discipline. And I don't mean the act of it. I mean the, yeah. the, the, the construct of mm-hmm. it, for, for lack of a better term. Um, I would rather err in a little too much than not enough, especially now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, I, raising kids right now, with mm-hmm. everything that they have at their fingertips mm-hmm. and the shape we're in, uh, I, I am very blessed yeah. uh, to Bo's 19 mm-hmm. and Anna 17 and, uh, you know, all the all those things that come along with raising yeah. a daughter yeah. that's attractive. And mm-hmm. I don't have to fool with that much because she's got a good head on her mm-hmm. shoulder. And I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, but it's- There's a lot of them little old boys that they're not just brave enough to roll up to the house yet. Yeah. They like to talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like to Snapchat. Yeah. So uh, yeah. sometimes 
being kind of big and burly and loud in the pulpit pays dividends. <laughs> right. like, well, I, don't, I don't know about that dude over yeah. there, and I'm going to ride that horse as long as I can. Right. Well, that's like she Harlow gets married when she's about 30 or 35, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I told Harlow, he, he's got a pretty steady girlfriend mm-hmm. for a while, and he, he met her down at the FCA list. What, how is that called? Uh, Fellowship of Christian, Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. He met her down mm-hmm. there, and oh, and uh, he come back, and he let his baseball coach baptize him, and and uh, did all that. And he met that girl down there. She's from Oxford. Carried on. I said, look, son, you know, you've always done me right. I've always been able to trust you uh, other than a few times, I said. But we corrected that. Don't have no father call me. Yeah. By no Snapchat, mm-hmm. by no words, by no nothing. If it ain't getting along, you end it. I said, don't, I said, don't be sending no pictures. Don't have her sending no pictures. I said, I can't stop it. But when that daddy calls me, I said, you got to remember, that's his little girl. So if y'all ain't getting along, don't you just need to end it. Don't say nothing. If you are getting along a little too well, yeah. daddy finds pictures or whatever, I don't want that. You need to be a man. You, I told him, you're a man of God now. You, you have to back. conduct yourself accordingly. That's right. Even if nobody knows it. That's it. I said, and we talked about it. I said, they might not. I said, but you never know yeah. what might get out. I said, I know it goes on. I said, but I'm just letting you know, sure. you need to conduct yourself the same way as you were when you were at camp, being baptized. When you go to church, you need to be the same person when you leave church outside. Right. And I said, I know. Young love is young love. And you think it's, 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 it is the greatest of time of, of young love. But but morality is still morality. That's it. And Man. And man, we live with that message is antiquated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't say it was wrong. Yeah, I said it was antiquated. And men, men, Lori, you know, there's a lot of men that don't want to talk about yeah that kind of stuff in detail with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that man. Yeah, we sit down and, and me and Lori, and it's at an appropriate age, obviously. But we're gonna say what needs to be said in terms that it needs to be said in that's understandable. Right. Uh, both the pitfalls, mm-hmm. the beauty, the ugly, yep. Uh, and especially, I mean, you got you start talking now. There's an I saw a statistic when I started this study back in June that the average girl now at some point will send a some type of a nude photo through an electronic device uh, by age seven. That's crazy. And you know we need strong men. Mm-hmm. And that ain't nothing to get the women. Yeah. Single mamas out there, I'm, I'm yeah. pulling for you. But yeah. when you're in a two-parent home, we need strong men to make. We don't need to, men don't need to shy away right. from the, let's just call it what it is, mm-hmm. the sex talk yeah. with your sons mm-hmm. or with your daughters or uh, the pornography talk with your sons or with your daughters or uh, the morals talk with yeah. your son. We, men, we've shied away from that too long. We'd go ask your mama. No, yeah, no, no, no. Don't no. ask your mama. Yeah. I know about some stuff too. Come on in here and sit That's down. Right. How you think you got here? <laughs> I remember telling my mm-hmm. boy he got you sick. Did, you didn't show up by a store, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, my buddy got, oh, Harlow got sick one day. He's been having stomach problems right there at the end of football. I'm talking about stomach issues and, and oh, he just kept getting sicker and sicker and couldn't figure out what it was. And I finally asked him, I said, I'm, is your girlfriend pregnant? And he goes, Dad, no, we're not doing What are you, why mm-hmm. would you ask it? I said, I'm going to tell you something. Because it's a legitimate question, boy. I, I said, one time, I said, when I was in high school, I said, we had a little dance. And I said, I went to the dance alone, but this girl was there. She was alone. I said, I kissed her in front of everybody. 
He's like, I said, it made me sick as a dog for two weeks. He said, why? I said, because she was ugly. <laughs> I said, but in that moment of that dance, I kissed that girl. And I said, everybody saw it. She was not a pretty. Now, I wasn't a pretty boy. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying. And I just knew when my, I was so sick that my parents was going to find out. Like, you know, my dad would be like, what you kissing the other girl for? You know, but. I said, son, so if you're sick over something that's going on here, I need to know. You know, don't come with me. You know, but, but why, wait, wait a minute. Now, what you just said is a problem, and I hope they hung in here. Yeah. Because I'm going to take him on a ride for a moment. Yeah. I'm going to take him on a ride. Now, let me tell you what we've done with, and we're ultimately what we're talking about is sex. Right. That's and right. It. Oh, God, why are they going to talk about that? Yeah. That Bible talks about it. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if anybody ought to be talking about it, it ought to be pastors and churches. Right. And so what we've done is we've like, oh, we don't want to talk about that. And you didn't want your parents to find out. And, and you know, because, like, there's some shame yeah. in it. Or, you know, we don't want to talk about these subjects. And so what happens is the church has remained silent. Dads have remained silent. Christian couples have remained silent on this because for whatever reason, mm-hmm. we've been conditioned to think that it's taboo to talk uh, uh, about something that God made. Mm-hmm. He made. And so because we silenced our voices and uh, it was we gave in to this idea that it was taboo, well, we let Hollywood define what it is. Mm-hmm. Or we've let... Uh, YouTube, for lack of a yeah. better thing, define what it is. Or well, not YouTube, not yeah. them, but yeah, the personalities on it. Mm-hmm. We let television define what it is. And so now, because the churches have been quiet about it, and the preachers have been quiet about it, and the daddies and mamas have been quiet about the beauty right. of it and the properness of it and its proper place, they've got all this stimuli coming in about what's normal mm-hmm. out there. And we wonder why we're not winning the battle. Yeah. We're not winning the battle because you sit there and you remain quiet. Yeah. And so that's what I tell the church. The problem with a lot of the church is the people that ought to be doing it ain't and the people that shouldn't be doing it are. Right. That's the problem. That's it. That's so it. what happens when your immoral mm-hmm. sexual drive is high and then when you get married, that's the joke, yeah. it plummets. Yeah. Well, okay, what do we think the influence is there mm-hmm. in the spirit world? As long as you're not under the covenant of marriage, I will rev your engine. Yeah. But the moment you enter into a holy place, a covenant of marriage, yeah. I will come in and suppress all things. Like, we, we think that's just headaches and we got busy in married life. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a whole war in an unseen world. They don't want you doing the proper yeah. thing the proper way that and, God Almighty created. And then when a man... Our woman feels like they're not getting the need they were before. Then that's when, the, yeah. Then you, you, go, then you start you going leave, looking back leave, for what you, leave the holy place to the unholy place, and then all of a sudden everything ramps up again. Yeah. And then, then we don't talk about this to our children. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know how everybody else does it. Yeah. We be talking about it yeah. in our house. Yeah. We got stuff to say, mm-hmm. and it is properly clear. Yeah. 
I was going to say explicit, but that kind of sounds bad. It's properly communicated. Yeah, How about that? That's right. In whichever way it needs to be communicated. The beauty of it and the pitfalls, the mm-hmm. good and the bad. It's a, con- it's a common conversation in our house. It should be a common conversation, conversation in our churches. Mm-hmm. And I asked the question, if we were going to, I asked this to uh, church, and I've been asking them a lot the last 10 months, and they hung in there with me. I think we're... Mm-hmm. I think we're out of the shock <laughs> stage, but I'm like, wait a minute now. If, if we've got, if if the secular world's writing all this curriculum about sex and genderism and all of that stuff, why isn't the church writing their own curriculum to teach in Sunday schools? Right. That's a good question. The church is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Three point three 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 songs, a little yeah. sermon with a poem at the end of it, mm-hmm. and hey, let's go eat tacos. Yeah. And I, I get combative. People think I'm combative when I get on this line of thought, but I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, I'm not trying to be combative. We are losing when we have the truth. Mm-hmm. Where are we at? Yeah. And I think this conversation, along with the blended family and the money and the anger right. and the study, it's the same, it's the same thing. We've yeah. just been taught that we are to be doormats. Right. And we're in a whole war. And we're losing because we don't know we're in one. Right. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> what hey, but, it, but to be clear, at the at the time, uh, you know, of course, my son was like, "No, Dad, why would you even think that?" Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, I don't. He's on medicine, and I don't even remember what was wrong with his stomach, but he was literally could not hold food down, like drink water and throw it right back up, like immediately. And uh, they put him on some medicine and. Started working. We didn't even know he was going to play. He didn't even play the last game. He ran two routes in the last football game, mm. and he was and he started throwing up, but he forgot that he had drank half a cup of Gatorade. They thought he was throwing up blood. So, oh lord! And they I called mean, me. Scared him to death. They called me it. down there. He's like, he's throwing up blood. I'm like, have you had anything to drink? He said, just the Gatorade. What color is the Gatorade? <laughs> but any which way, but. Oh, man, I don't know. Like I said, this is a little bit different than what you're used to, guys. And uh, like I said, we're about almost two hours in, and this is the reason I come here because sometimes I just want to be real. I just want to talk about real things that's going on in my life that obviously could be going on in your life, and you get a little bit of step. And like I said, the God Filter Podcast, please check it out, guys. If you're struggling, you need to know something. If you're like me, if you can't, stu- if you're not able, I don't know the correct term, to read or study the Bible. You don't know like, really what you're looking at. Like what? Why? Not just what is it saying, but why? Right. It, it's it's you just got to tune. You got to lock in. You got to want to. Yeah. You got to want to. And he has a good it. voice. He has a good voice. I got good audio on that. You'll sit there and you sit on your couch and you kind of fall into what they listen and and. Uh, and I will say that first episode, and then I'll be quiet about it. That first episode is a little lengthy. And there's a lot of information, but after that, you got to listen to it first. And then when we plug in those very deep meaningful, applicable things in your life, such as marriage, suicide, trauma, all of these things, you'll understand where we're coming from because of that first episode. So you might have to endure it, but endure it with attention, not Mm -hmm. just getting through it because once we start plugging it into the spirit world, you'll see why. That's going to be awesome. So any which way, listen, everybody's always going through something and everybody has the ability to help somebody, whether it be through a smile or a handshake. You can be a positive influence to help somebody get through that day, through that week, through that year, but in which way. 
Hope y'all enjoyed today's podcast. Y'all know how it goes. Y'all have a good one. God bless. And as always, Jesus loves you.